morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? first word we could adjust a little bit, cold, blistery, uh, but thank you for coming. Um, we're going to gather together today and we're going to celebrate a God who loves us so much. And we're going to turn our attention to the scriptures and the scripture uh, for today is going to be Psalm 91 and I'd like to share that with you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For you will commend his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. 
On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God's word for us. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Glorious, gracious, heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for this opportunity to be together through the cold and through the, uh, the weather we're having. Lord, we are grateful for you even in times of need. And Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the service we're about to have, the music we're singing, our fellowship time together. And Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.
Welcome to those who are in the house. Welcome for those of you that are live streaming. Uh, I had many people message me and say, hey, um, I don't know if I want to make it out in this cold. What do I do? And I'm so glad that we have this service being able to be live streamed for people who are safely in their home as well. Oh, boy, we have so much going on in the life of the congregation. Let me just, again, draw your attention over there to that screen, 15th anniversary. Uh, we're celebrating uh, really that first service when we were, quote, a member of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. That worship service when people gathered together was January 11th, 15 years ago, and God has done so much. So we're going to celebrate, yes, today, but we're going to keep celebrating uh, for a couple more weeks. We'll just keep referring to what God has been doing and will be doing because of his faithfulness. Following the service, we'd encourage you to just kind of hang around for a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe the temperature will go from like minus 17 to minus 12 and uh, stay and have a little bit of cake and coffee and just some time for fellowship. That'll be following the service. All right, some other quick announcements. Um, new Disciple Launch, uh, January 28th. It's a time for uh, anyone that would like to either know or be reminded about what do we believe as a church, what can you expect of us as your church, and then our hopes for you in your walk with Jesus here at 1C. So that's January 28th. If you would, let the church office know, and we will be ready for you. Also, we have an online Bible reading group, and encourage you as we go into this brand new year, as I said last week, I would love for us to be more dependent on the Word of God than ever before. And I don't know what that means for you. I just ask you to pray about that and say, okay, Lord, maybe this is one of the ways in doing it. You could do it anytime, anywhere, and be part of a group of people that are going to walk through uh, Psalms and Proverbs. Beautiful opportunity. So please do that if you have questions. Uh, call the church office as well. And then some of the... the um, every week announcements. If you are a guest, uh, we say this with all sincerity, we're glad you're with us. And we invite you to come on back. But if you would, let yourself be known. And you could do so by texting 1C guest to 94,000. And that would, again, connect you with us and us with you. And um, if you want, you could stop at Next Steps on your way out as well. And we'd love to be able to meet you and greet you. We also will have a time of prayer that's going to be taking place and if you would like to have your prayer included, uh, just feel free to text your prayers to 402-242-5051, and that will be included. And then uh, we're going to be having communion. Just um, I'm going to explain it a little bit later how we're going to do it in light of uh, the numbers that we have in worship today. That's it for announcements. Let's continue as we worship our Lord.
prepare our hearts now for receiving a very special gift of grace and love. 
Uh, we're going to take time to confess our sins, uh, to get honest with God and with each other about, yes, we're sinners, but we need the mercy that comes from Christ. So let's pray together this prayer. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And yes, because of Jesus, because of his life, death, and resurrection, your sins have been paid for and taken care of. And we also have the promise of life with him forever. And may this good news of his, his grace for you inspire you to continue to live for him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution, we're going to have two stations up here. And as the song is being played and as the Spirit moves you, just come forward to the station closest to you to receive this precious meal of the body and blood of Jesus. Amen.
Jesus' name. Powerful words. Because there is no other name under heaven and earth by which we are saved. So now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. A prayer, Father, that you just be with my mom and dad as they wait on scan results. Provide good news and clear scans. Jesus, be with Grandpa and Grandma. Give them the strength and comfort and peace. Care for them and bless them, Lord Jesus. A prayer for my dad. These last three years have broken him, and he needs Jesus more than ever right now. Prayers for our family to be restored and brought back together. A prayer, Lord, that I ask that you watch over anyone struggling mentally right now. Please just let them feel your love and peace during these hard times. Prayers for my husband who is struggling after surgery. Prayers for the Thielen family whose husband, father, grandfather went to be with our Lord and Savior. May God give them peace. Prayers for my nephew and his wife and all of our family as their baby boy was born into Jesus' arms this week. Be with them, Lord. Prayers for minimal side effects as I start another round of treatment this week. Father, we just thank you that we can just come to you and lay everything at the foot of the cross and trust that Jesus will provide us answers, comfort, peace, and just be with us through all the things we go through. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Week number two of Fact Check, and uh, the first week we looked at the importance and the power of the scriptures, how the Bible is the inspired word of God given to people like you and me so we can get to know who he is and also his calling in our life. Now we're going to turn the corner and we're going to take a look at this idea of fact-checking your faith, and it's stopping maybe and just looking in the mirror and saying, all right, Lord, you know, how is it? How's it going? Do I have the faith that pleases you and the faith that will do great things in kingdom work? Uh, we're also blending in today uh, the theme of the 15th anniversary of 1C. And there is a, maybe a little controversy about when was the beginning. 
And uh, Eric, you don't know this, but did you know that the beginning of this actually predates the existence of the world? I know, you didn't think of that. Just picture this, in the heart of God, who knows all things and loves his people, it was in his heart and in his mind and in his plan and in his will to start up a church in the Columbus area that was going to bring the good news of Jesus to all sorts of people. So it is way back. And we can also maybe stop at Matthew chapter 28. When Jesus, right, he's getting ready to go into heaven, he gives the marching orders for the people and for the church to go and make disciples. And he also knew of 1C Church. That was 2,000 years ago. Or we could maybe stop at 2004, where the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod decided, hey, let's do this new initiative, and let's try to get more churches so that we could bring the kingdom of God out. We could stop there. But today we're going to pause, and we're going to stop and look at Hebrews chapter 11. Because it's all about faith. The faith of a whole big long list of those who have gone before us. Those in the Old Testament, the characters one after another. And, and as I've encouraged you, read Hebrews 11. Read it several times. Maybe read it once a week for the next several weeks. And just take a look at what God did through everyday people. I know sometimes we are tempted to look back on those and say those were extraordinary people, but they weren't. But they believed in an extraordinary God. And that same God wants to give faith, not just to those people of the Old Testament, but to the people here in 2024. And that's how he works. And as I mentioned, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is beautiful, powerful, um, it's called like the, um, the Hall of Fame of Faith, Heroes of Faith. Wonderful. But why do you think Hebrews 11? Why do you think God inspired this person? We don't know because it's really anonymous. But why did God inspire somebody to write down this big long list? Remember, one of the tools that we should have when we look into the scriptures is to look at the idea of context. What happens before it? What happens after it? Because it'll give you maybe this, this flow, this scope and sequence of what God is trying to do. And so I just did that. I went back to Hebrews chapter 10. I looked at that verse. In fact, I read all of Hebrews now a couple times in preparation for this message. And it is powerful. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 verses 32 to 36. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then 
you will receive all that he has promised. And then we get to chapter 11, and all of a sudden we see this big long list. And this big long list, every single one of them had difficulties, had trials, had trouble. But the other thing that they had that was so powerful is they had a faith and a dependence and a trust in God. In fact, um, I'd like to, this next slide says, faith is this, it is radical, it is risk-taking, and it is sacrificial love. And whether we think of those Old Testament characters, beautiful list, or we think about Jesus himself, who is the ultimate example of radical risk-taking and sacrificial love, or we think about the launch team, the first group of people that were kind of like, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should be part of this group that's going to venture out. Maybe I'm going to leave my familiar and go do something different. January 28, 2007, started coming together to think about and to pray about what could ministry look like in Columbus for the unchurched and dechurched. Well, let's jump to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Again, th this is specifically the text for today, but we're going we're gonna to look all around and, and hopefully be inspired by the word of God. This writer says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. And I don't know about you, I, I love looking into the Old Testament. I love looking at um, the list of people that were um, identified in Hebrews 11, but other ones. I also like history. And so as I've been kind of reading and pondering, when I first came here, I, I got a copy of a church directory. How many of you have ever been in a church directory? Okay, some of you have, some of you haven't. Uh, but it, it, it's kind of cool. You get to see people. And let me tell you, some of you are actually in here and you look a little different. Because this goes back just a couple years. Um, but there's one thing in there that I, I really was watching is the 1C timeline of events. And just all the things that have been taking place and it was recorded so that people like us in 2024 can look back and see what God has done. Because it could be very encouraging. It can also be inspiring to see the faithfulness of God throughout time. Now, one of the things that we talk about when it comes to this idea of faith is that it is founded in, well, someone in particular, and it's, his name is Jesus. And we're told in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Known as the gospel in the nutshell. It's the, the verse that often is put on a big placard. And if you go to a sporting event like a, um, maybe like a Packer game. And maybe one that's going to be this afternoon at whatever time that is going to be. Uh, somebody might be holding a John 3.16 sign. Because it is the message that says it all. But tucked in there is a word that is not always easy to translate or easy to explain. And it's that word believes, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
One of the things that has been taking place for lots of years now is taking the, the scriptures and translating it into the language of the people. And it's a task. It is one that just blows my mind when I think of individuals who will go off into some other part of the world and sit with a group of people that have a whole different language and you're going to take what you've learned and grown up with and now try to share it in their language. And sometimes the words are almost untranslatable. You, you just can't put it exactly into their language, maybe in one word. And so this individual named John Patton, um, years ago, I don't have the date on it, but he was um, in a, an area called uh, New Hybes Islands in the South Pacific. In fact, they were um, cannibals. Um, and this person was called to be a missionary, called to share the message of John 3.16. And as he was in his tent and sitting there translating, he had a, a personal assistant that knew the language really well. And they were looking at John 3.16 and they were trying to figure out how do, we, how do we capture this into the language of the people. And so he was thinking about this idea of he was sitting in a chair and he says you know, to his uh, assistant, what am I doing? And the person says, sitting in the chair. And how would you say that in your language? And he said that. Then what he did is he actually tipped back his chair all right? And he was putting all of his being, his weight, his essence, everything, just leaning on this chair with his feet off the ground. And he asked the translator, what, what is that? And then he had the word for it. And that's why their translation would say this. For God so loved the world that he gave his uh, only begotten son that whoever leans his whole weight upon him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. Leaning your whole weight upon him. It's very fitting when we think about the Old Testament scripture that I even remember as a child, because I remember I didn't do the church much, but I knew this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So this idea of John 3.16, at least in this language that was captured, is to lean everything, who you are, your essence, your being, everything you have, you lean it all upon him and not on anything else. And then we will experience the power. Well, going back to the Hebrews passage, uh, the writer of the Hebrews tries to define faith in two components. Faith is, number one, a reality or a substance of what we hope for. Hope for, get that, right? And number two, the evidence and conviction of things we cannot see. In both of those descriptions and both of those components of faith, it's really not based on what you know, but it's in who you know. See, our faith is not in what we see with our physical eyes, but it's based on what and who God is and on his faithfulness. I'd like to uh, 
put that logo up there if I can. Thank you. Fan into flame. This is the, um, the logo that was back in 2004 when the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod decided to do this. I'd like to read a paragraph that describes the initiative. In 2004, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod adopted the Ablaze and Fan into Flame program to secure funding to support the outreach and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with 100 million people by 2017. In 2006, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod adopted the initiative to plant 2,000 churches by 2017 in North America. That planting depended on three major factors. The right place, the right person, in other words, a planter, someone that'll be kind of a missionary, and also the right plan. Then the LCMS selected the Association of Related Churches to assist them in developing a model of planting to be used by the synods and, uh, and districts. The Nebraska district of the LCMS was asked and selected to be part of this planting and appro approached Peace Lutheran Church, Columbus, Nebraska, with the possibility to use Jerry Steger, who had just completed the Nebraska district lay leadership program in 2005 to be the Columbus planter. And then it goes on, a lot more detail to this. But again, being born, this idea of fanning into flame. And here we are today in 2024, and we are seeing the effect of what happens when um, this idea of fanning into flame, what God wants to do in his people, through his people, maybe even in spite of his people. I'd um, like to show a picture, if you would, this next one. This is uh, the airport hangar. This is from April 11th, 2007. The launch team, the beginning group of people who said, you know what, I, I, I'm going to do this. I'd like to do this. I feel called. They were gathered together to pray, to ask for God's leading and guidance and power and might that God would fan into flame more and more people to be part of the kingdom of God, and they met and they prayed and they did so for some time. And I just want to say, I, I would love to put the list of those people in the list of Hebrews 11. Other people who were faithful in listening to God's leading and guiding and stepping forward in faith and saying, yes, God, I want to do what you're calling me to do, and I know you're going to be the power behind it. But as you look at the picture, what do you see? I'm going to say, I see faith. Remember going back to faith is the reality or substance of what we hope for and the evidence or conviction of things we cannot see. So this group of people they could maybe conceptualize what it would be like if this church took off and made a difference, but they couldn't see it. Faith in not in what they knew, but faith in who they knew. That the God of the universe, powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, was powerful enough to move in a small group of people and to use the message of the gospel to change a community. Faith, not in what they knew, but faith in who 
they knew. I'd like to uh, take you on a, a little journey um, talking about faith and seeing. Uh, Luke chapter 19. Um, a little subtitle to this is, Not Everyone Has Faith to See. So just hold that, because I'm going to come back to that. Not everyone has faith to see. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now here's some of the people that couldn't see. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And then Jesus answered in such a strange way. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, these people, the very stones would cry out. Now, here is Jesus. This is when he is coming in to Jerusalem. This is when he is getting ready to do some important things. In fact, you know, let's put the picture up. Uh, just different parts of his life. The birth, his life, uh, coming in on Palm Sunday, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. And I'll tell you, even the disciples, after they saw all of these, these scenes and these moments, they still didn't quite get it at times. They were clueless. They were faithless. They couldn't quite see. And that's why God and the gift of the Holy Spirit that was promised to come did so in a powerful way. Um, I'd like to, let's put up uh, this next image, if you would. Now, if you look up here, all right, when this went on Facebook, I was looking at it, I was like, I don't see it. And they would say, pull it further away from you, and then you'll be able to see it. And so when I did, I couldn't not see it. I know two double negatives or whatever I just did was wrong. But I'm going to tell you, if you look over there, it's the same picture. But do you see it? Is it clearer there? The stones will cry out. Going back to that idea that Jesus is stirring in the hearts of people. And even though we are broken, sinful human beings, God can do great things to and through normal, ordinary people in a way that's going to change the world. We're going to take a moment and uh, watch a video, and it's going to capture just some of the scenes that have uh, taken place over the years and what God is doing in the life of one seed. Happy birthday, 1C. This is Jerry Steger and uh, my bride, Joyce, is uh, my videographer. And first of all, I want to let you know that we were at 1C beginning in January of 07, and we uh, left in, in June of 2011. Uh, it was God's plan that Nebraska District would uh, start a mission church in Columbus. I was commissioned in January of 07. Uh, the church was uh, started, started meeting in April of 07. And our first worship was in January of 2008. It was 155 people in attendance the first Sunday. And 
and the second Sunday was 165. Uh, so what was it like to be a part of the uh, the 1C birth? Um, for nine months and three days, uh, the launch team met in all kinds of different locations. We started in the airport hangar, and, and for each of those Wednesday nights, we, we did prayer, praise, and planning. We always had an empty chair, and we prayed that God would fill that chair with exactly who we needed on the launch team to get going. Some of our favorite memories of our time at 1C was being able to use the Westgate Shopping Center, the old Maurice's, for our worship. Uh, it was very casual, it was very open, very welcoming. What we did enjoy doing is spending every time before worship walking around and praying over every single chair. And the prayer was that God would bring just the right people to sit in that chair that day to hear the good news of Jesus. Another huge part of the launch in my heart was Dave Pickin, and he was so huge in helping one see and blessing me. And the friendship has continued all these years, and there's just countless stories that we had. Uh, the blessings, the attacks of, of the enemy, and it was all rich and a, a wonderful experience. We treasure it. Well, and any encouragement that we can leave you from our experience there is that keep the kingdom in mind. It's all about Jesus, sharing Jesus in Columbus. You know, 1C is really there to train, equip, and send you to wherever you may be and wherever you may go. The mission statement is strong, and it's such a joy because it's connecting you to Christ, each other, and the community. Pastor Jim talks about the up, in, and out. That's a sound mission statement. So wherever you go, that's God's got a plan for you to be at that place, to be with that person, to share your story. Remember to everyone you meet, show them Jesus and give them heaven. Happy 15th birthday, 1C. My name is Dave Ficken, and I served there at 1C about 13, 14 years ago as a pastor, intern, and vicar, back when 1C was meeting in the storefront. 13, 14 years ago, and the memories are still so rich. I just have to tell you, I was so blessed by my time at 1C. Y'all let this young rookie, wet behind the ears pastor, train and serve and lead in big ways. And I cannot say thank you enough. There's so many memories as I look back. I remember working alongside of Jerry and Joyce Staker, some of my greatest friends and mentors. They have had a profound impact on my life. I remember us worshiping at the fairgrounds. I remember getting to disciple some of your kids. I remember preaching some really bad sermons. Y'all had some patience for a young guy like me. That's right, I say y'all now because I live in Nashville. But not only were there some bad sermons, but hopefully by the grace of God, there was at least one or two good sermons in there. I remember preaching the next morning after being at the game where Nebraska beat Oklahoma before they went to the Big Ten. Go Big Red. Unity, I remember the baptisms. I remember the confirmations that happened because we started the first ever confirmation program at 1C called Game Plan. And now all those kids are grown up, getting married, 
And I'm just so grateful for how God was using all of us in that time and continues to use you today. I could not have asked for a better place with better people to learn and get my feet wet in ministry. You were God's blessing to me in my life at just the right time. But before I go, I just want to leave you with one final memory and an encouragement for the future. Uh, I now, in my ministry role, get to come alongside of churches and pastors and train them in leadership, discipleship, and mission. And I just have to tell you that as I look at many churches and many church leaders around the country, one C is a special place. Because one C understands that there is a difference between being a church that meets in a city and a church that is for their city. One C was started to not just be a church that meets in Columbus, One C was always a church for Columbus. It was started to reach people far from Jesus, not just offer Jesus on Sundays. Columbus wasn't just where we met, it's where One C and all of you were sent, and it's where you are sent today. And I invite you, I encourage you, I challenge you, never forget that. Each and every one of you today, you are people of hope, sent for Columbus. Continue to be the church that brings Jesus outside the walls. Continue to love your neighbors with the relentless love of Jesus. You are people of hope. Happy birthday, 1C. God's blessings on you. What is up, 1C? Congratulations on 15 years of reaching people with the love of Jesus. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Elliot Lutz, and I was the first pastor at 1C back in 2011. Fast forward a few years later, now I'm married, I've got three beautiful girls, and I'm serving at a church in North Carolina called Fountain of Life in Kernersville. Being a part of a mission congregation was an incredible experience. There was so much excitement for reaching people with the lost, so much opportunity, so much energy that was poured into it, and everything was all exciting and new. But along with that newness, there was also a lot of work that had to be done for learning how to do things and developing new things. Uh, When I came out to 1C, I was coming straight out of seminary. Anytime you want to start something new, it takes more time to figure out how to do the thing than it does to actually do it. And then your first attempts don't always go quite as well as what you're expecting. So there was a lot of learning along the way, but because it was so exciting and new, people were willing to try new things. We saw people who had never served in leadership before stepping up to take incredible leadership roles in the congregation. Uh, People who had uh, been just kind of in the background at other churches when they came to 1C and they saw the opportunity to develop and do something new, they were excited to, to try to do something that had never been done before. And as a result, we were seeing people who were coming to, to church and coming to faith in Jesus that might have never stepped inside of a church. So it was incredibly exciting, uh, a lot of learning, and really a lot of fun. I have so many incredible memories from my time at 1C. I mean, the most powerful one, of course, for me is that I met my wife on a Sunday morning during one of the 1C services. Uh, but there's just some other experiences that I had and two stories that I really want to share with you that I think really point to the incredible church that 1C is. Um, 1C always tried to be a church for people who didn't like going to church, trying to reach people that other churches 
couldn't reach. I remember when we first got out there and getting going, we had to tell people sometimes, hey, you're, you're dressed up a little bit too much. Uh, you need to go home and change into something more casual because we want people to feel comfortable coming really as they are. And it, it worked. Setting up that environment where people felt welcome in spite of the baggage and the difficulties that they had. Uh, we started seeing groups like AA groups and NA groups that were showing up uh, to be able to hear a word of hope because they knew this was a place where they'd be welcomed and not judged. And that reputation, that environment of welcome and love that was being established. Church, it has been awesome to watch all of the growth and the development for 1C over the years. It's so exciting to see this new building that you guys are in and the new opportunities that you have there uh, versus the humble beginnings that we had when we first got started. So my word of encouragement for you is keep on loving those people. Keep on reaching those people that other churches aren't able to reach. Keep opening the doors for people that are closed to others. Keep being that place where we're in the middle of the darkness and the brokenness and the hurt and the addiction and the pain of the world that you can be the light that overcomes the darkness. That you can be that safe sanctuary. You can be that place where people can come and know that they're going to receive welcome encouragement and love because when they come they know they're going to find Jesus in you. And when you do, you're going to transform lives for There's going to be people in heaven forever because of the ministry that you are doing right there in Columbus. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for your future. And I can't wait to hear what God is going to be doing through you in the next 15 years. Let's give God the glory for what he's done, if you would. Yeah. I, want to, I want to boil it down to something, and it's captured in the pictures in back of me. Um, we had some members of the church come up to me and say, Pastor, 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 there's this little young girl, Arabella, who's not been baptized and wants to be baptized. What do you think? I couldn't say yes quick enough, and so um, if you could put that the picture up. It, this happened last week at the 11 o'clock service, and I'll never forget when I was talking to her before and we were just talking about what's going to happen, she had like these really big like eyes like, wow, you know, and then she came up here and was a little intimidated by being in front of the people, but when we applauded afterward, I saw her heart melt. Like she's being loved and valued by people. That's what the church is to be about. And remember, the church, is, it doesn't matter if we're in the strip mall or here. It doesn't matter where we are. The church is wherever God's people are assembled with a message that changes a life. You, who are ordinary, you, who are common, are called to do extraordinary and uncommon things so people like Arabella people that may be in your circle of influence right now that may not know Jesus you get to be a missionary and it happens let's go back to that verse <coughs> if we could put that up there from John 3 3.16 the other version, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whoever leans his whole weight upon him will not perish but will have everlasting life. So as us, as we lean back on him and we trust in him totally, it's going to make a difference. And I do believe that heaven will become populated because of the faith that God wants to do in and through you. That faith that is radical, that faith that is risk-taking, that faith that is sacrificial loving, people will come to know Jesus because of it. Amen? Let's stand. Let me share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Son of David, have mercy on me. My soul is broken and my eyes can't see. Can you hear me calling, calling out your name? Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Oh, son of Hardly breathe. My heart is heavy. 
Looking out my window, feeling the crescendo, sunset on a quiet sea. Sitting with the ones that I'll forever love, we're waiting on a flash of green. And even when the nights got cold, you have always held me close. You're the only 